God's word is his weapon for revival and transformation of lives for his glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the word of God coming to you from Calvary Way Revival Labors. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to calvaryrevivallabors at gmail.com or call 08065607999. God bless you as you listen and obey. As you are still standing, can you open to First Samuel 3, verse 21? First Samuel chapter 3, verse 21. If you are there, I would like us to read it together and use it to pray. Alright, let's go now. One to go. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. I would like you to pray that the Lord will appear again to you in this talk. He appeared before and the Bible says he appeared again. I wanted to ask him, I'm not yet, you know, filled. I'm still hungry. I still want to experience you. Thank you for what you have done so far. But I want you to appear again to me. I want you to reveal yourself to me by the word of the Lord that is about to come. Prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. Can you pray? That's the hymn we sang. Say, pray that help may be sent out. Pray that the Lord will unveil himself unto you. Pray that the Lord will reveal himself unto you. With all my heart I pray Everybody pray now. In the name of Jesus. Our Father in heaven, we thank you. We give you praise and honor. We lift your name on high for the great awakening. For thus far you have awakened us. We bless you for all the vessels you have used in this conference before now to bless the life of your people in one way or the other. Our prayer is that all that you are investing in our life in this conference 
shall not be in vain. You will give us the grace to put them into practice. And as we put them into practice, your blessings should become ours. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Yes, we are hungry again. We want to eat. We ask that as you revealed yourself again in Shiloh, and revealed yourself to Samuel again by the word of the Lord, so we ask you to do unto us again. Your word has come before, we want it to come again. You have appeared before, we want you to appear again. In the name of Jesus Christ. The entrance of your word giveth light. As your word comes forth, let there be light. And everything that represents darkness in the life of your people, let them go away. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Praise the Lord. I want to appreciate um, God for this opportunity for this conference and then all of us that made it and our leaders that organized it. There are some people that laid down their life for everything you're seeing to be. Especially the national director and all the members of the National Executive Council that worked hard with others for the success of this conference. And as the Lord has began to bless all of us, he will surely crown it all with his glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, it's a privilege. I'm not the... Uh, the best person, but I just wanted to trust God that whatever that he has for us at this seemingly the last talk and the teaching we have for the conference, he will bring it to us in the name of Jesus Christ. The topic that I will be talking on says the secrets of a sustained awakened spirit. The secrets of a sustained awakened spirit. I believe that God has actually awakened us. Or, you know, in the course of the meeting, the word of God has come from Thursday night when we gathered till this morning. And if you ask me, I will say that there is already a great awakening. If you know that in one way or the other, God has awakened you, let me see you know. But that's wonderful. So, when I was praying, the Lord said that we need to talk about how do we sustain this you know, awakening. So that, you know, it will not be like the experiences of so many believers that you will attend a meeting like this and you are awakened, you are ready to do anything for the Lord, but after a while, 
you notice that you have grown cold again. As if you need another conference for you to begin to do something again. What are we supposed to do to ensure that we remain awakened? If we are, the Lord has, you know, awoken us, how do we sustain it? So that we will not sleep again. And then we now need another uh, great awakening. And you know, when I saw the team of the meeting, I think uh, awakening would have been enough, but I think what made it great would have been that the sleeping was great. Am I, am I correct? If somebody is just sleeping a normal sleep, you just need to wake that person up. But when the sleep is deep, you will touch the person, you will not wake up. You will pull the person, you will not wake up. I think the person needs what? Great awakening. Amen. So, we will be looking at some of the things that we need to be doing so that what God has done in waking us up um, spiritually will not be lost with time. Now, before we begin to look at those secrets, we first of all try to review, you know, our understanding of spiritual awakening. And what are the vital signs that shows that one is spiritually awake? Romans chapter 13 verse 11 says, Knowing the time, that it is high time that you wake out of sleep because your salvation is nearer now than when you first believe. Then in Ephesians 5 verse 14 he said, Wherefore he saith, Awake, O thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Well, um, I want to explain it in a very simple way. When we are talking about great awakening, it is clear we are not talking about awakening somebody or waking up somebody that is physically sleeping. It is actually waking up somebody that is spiritually sleeping. Isn't it? So it's actually a spiritual awakening. A spiritual, a spiritual awakening. And when you look at the way we respond to things that are interested to us, you will notice that anytime you are facing anything that is interesting to you, you don't sleep. Am I saying the truth? You may be feeling sleepy and, you know, slumbering. And then somebody begins to tell a story of maybe a man that you are interested in. What happened to the sleep? You won't even know how the sleep left. Because you have an interest in this particular story. So, 
when we are talking about a spiritually sleeping person, we are talking about somebody who has lost interest in the things of the Spirit. You know, there are some people that doesn't have interest at all in the things of the Spirit. I hope you know. On Thursday, before we came here, on, I came on Friday morning. I went somewhere to preach in a campus worship and praise night. Um, it's actually, they say they are using it to mark the SUG, is it SUG or something weekend, student week. SUG week, week uh, something like that. And the program was organized by the joint Christian campus body of the campus for the whole students. So when I got there, it's a worship and praise night, so they were praising and dancing and, you know, they will raise one kind of song, they will dance, 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 see them, they will dance up, dance down, and all of that. So as the dance was going on, the moderator now told them that uh, it is time, we have, the next thing we have now is the word of God. They say, no! <laughs> he said to them that, is it that you don't want the word of God? They say, yes! Hi, my heart, I say, God, you go help me here today. But finally, you know, God had his way. It was wonderful. Now, such kind of people, you notice that it is not the song that they are singing that is actually the issue. What is the issue? They dance. Sometimes, let me, tell, let me be honest with you. Some of the dance we dance in Christian meetings in the name of singing and dancing is not different from what people are dancing in the club. It's not different at all. It's still the same human flesh-like dance. So that you are singing a Christian song and dancing does not mean that you are spiritually awake. When you know whether you are spiritually awake is when you are to face God in the Word and in prayer. There are some people that if maybe you are in the fellowship meeting or in a prayer meeting and they call the past prayer coordinator that is like a praying machine to round out the prayer. They say, oh God, help me today. When will this prayer end? You know what I'm talking about? They will wish, I wish it was given to the, maybe, um, a drama coordinator. Maybe somebody that they know that is not praying, so that one will live here. And if the person finally finished praying, they say, thank God we don't escape today. Oh. That they don't have, there's no zeal, there's no interest, there's no passion. There's no desire. You are not awake to the things of the spirit. Your spirit man is not interested. The unbelievers are different from believers because their spirit is totally disconnected, dead towards God. But some believers' spirits, though alive, but sleeping. That's why the Bible is talking about awake. Awake. Some years ago, I was invited to preach in just one small branch of Nigerian Christian Corpus Fellowship, their normal fellowship, uh, down there at uh, Oka in Amansi. Amansi in Oka. So, 
When I got there, the dance was something else. Oh my God. It was praises and worship time before the message. They were dancing and, you know, one of them was the chief dancer. And uh, at the end of the whole thing, they said, it's time for the message. Oh my God, come and see sleep. Sleep. I know that normally when you have exercised your body, the next thing is sleep. But this one is, that particular young man that is, that is the chief dancer, I don't know whether he's, he's possessed or not, because they asked him to stand up, he stood up, he's still sleeping. <laughs> Walk around, he's still sleeping. At the time, he has to leave. But if you have continued to, to dance, what happened? Amen. Now, listen. You see, your, the response of your spirit towards God, towards God, is the degree to which you are spiritually awake. David said in Psalm 1, 2, 2 verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. There is a hunger. There is a passion. There is a desire. There is an interest. And most times when you want to know whether you are spiritually awakened, not in a meeting like this. Because there is a corporate anointing here. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am where." In their midst. So apart from the fact that he is in us, he is in our midst. So there's a kind of atmosphere that you will be enjoying here. When we say, let us pray, the heavens are open, everybody, oh, it's wonderful. It is when you get to your house and the atmosphere has changed, you will meet your neighbors that are unbelievers. Some of you that are living in school hostels, you meet some of your roommates again that are, you know, unbelievers. And then, it is at that point that the test of whether you are spiritually awake will be conducted. Are you following what I'm saying? There's an atmosphere, anytime we gather, there's an atmosphere. It's peculiar, it's unique. It's divine. It is your personal response. Outside this meeting. And of course, you know that this meeting comes once in a while. Right, correct? Even normal fellowship is not... The time you spend as an individual is much more than the time we spend when we gather together. So that people are coming to going to church and all of that. You know, let me be honest with us. You know, going to church or uh, let me... Those who are going to church the unbelievers and some other persons, that they are going to church does not mean that they like God or they are interested in God. The, re- the reason why some go to church is that going to church has become an accepted culture of you know, some of our societies. To the extent that if you don't go to church, it will look as if you are the worst sinner in some cycle. Am I correct? In fact, when people that are coming back from church are passing near your house and they say, Mecca, you know, go church. The second person, ah, you know, go church. 
By the time of two or three former persons asked you that question, one of the Sundays, next Sunday, what are you doing? I beg, which church will I even go? For those who don't know where to go. They will start thinking about it because everybody seems to be, apart from those who are maybe stubborn and all of that. So you see people, and you know, there is something that the human nature does. Human nature is looking for praise. It's looking for recognition, acknowledgement, honor. So even in the church, if there is a position that can give somebody honor or acknowledgement and there is a way to eat, you see the person doing everything possible to emerge. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> Not as if he loves God. That's why sometimes, you know, some people will be there looking at their time, checking, ah, you know, any little change of time or adjustment, they will start quarreling. In their heart, first of all. Then after the meeting, they will start talking to other people. Did you see how that man wasted our time? Eh? Didn't he tell us we will close by six? Why did he not close by six? And so on and so forth. Now, when they are going back, you think that they are going back to pray. Eh? This service is becoming too long. It's becoming too long. So what are you going back to do? When he goes back, you will see him either is putting up a film to watch or you know, so many other passion and interest will come up. So there are so many things that, you know, have taken away the heart of people that they are no longer responding as somebody who is awake to the things of God. That's why we are talking about awake. Awake! Oh, you that sleep it. And Christ shall give you light. Now, when you want to know whether you are spiritually awake, there is one way to test it. Whenever you wake up in the morning, every morning, the very first thing that comes to your mind, if it is not God, if you are not excited about meeting God, if you are not excited about, you know, worshipping God, Hearing from God, when you wake up every morning, then you are spiritually asleep. Did you get me? When physically you wake up from physical sleep, if the first interest in your heart is not God, there are some people that the moment they are waking up, they are entering WhatsApp. To see new messages that has been sent when they were asleep. So we moved from WhatsApp to Facebook, from Facebook to Instagram, and all of that. And they will spend time there watching and smiling. Have you seen somebody looking at his phone smiling? It's an interest. That's where your heart is going for. David said, as the deer panted for the water brook, so my soul longeth after you. My soul thirsts for thee, for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? My soul is thirsty. My soul is hungry for the living God. What is the very test of your heart? If it is not for God, 
if it is not for, for, for the word of God, then you are not awake. You are still asleep. There are some of you students, you will read, 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 read. And then, before you know it, you see yourself on the bed. The process that, you know, carried you from the table where you are reading to the bed is what you don't know when you wake up. You know, there are some sleep that are very dangerous. All you can remember when you wake up is that I was sitting down reading. But how I move from seat to bed is what I can't remember. But that's not a problem. Your body needs sleep. But the problem is that you wake up, you jump back to the table and say, why did I even sleep? You start where you stopped. No. The first passion, interest, is it God? I mean, not even talking about, you know, there are some people that are passionate for ministry. Passionate, you know, about... There's a difference between being passionate for God and passionate about ministry. Most times, if you are, your passion for the ministry is not a subset of your passion for God, you will still... You are still a spiritually asleep person. Because there are many interests, you know, why the flesh wants to come up in the ministry. Some for fame... Some for popularity, for power, and all of that. Influence. For, the, for themselves. Honor. So, there can be some desire. Yes, I want to be a man of God. I want to be a woman of God. I want to do this and all of that. But God himself is not your passion. Some people, their passion, their interest, when they woke up in the morning, the first thing that entered their head, oh, Relationship. You know, we are in the days that, you know, relationship, or let me call it boyfriend, girlfriend of unbelievers has been baptized. Eh? Into what? No. Relationship now. Are you into relationship? I'm into relationship. Oh, my relationship has lasted for three and a half years now. Eh? Has the man proposed to you? No, but I think he will. Excuse me, is that not what the unbelievers are doing? Eh? I don't want to go into that to avoid diversion. But there are some things that become distraction that takes your interest away from God. If you cannot do for God what you are doing for academies, for money, you are spiritually asleep. Eh? I used to challenge believers, disciples. I said, you know the kind of things you do for your academies, for exam, for things that will give you money. But when it comes to the things of God, you don't do that. You may think and believe that you are spiritually awake, but the Bible said the Lord knows those who are. He knows. It's not by claiming. He knows whether you love him. You know, in Psalm 63, David also spoke and said, Oh God, you are my God. 
early will I seek thee. My soul tested for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. To see your power and your glory. You know, when I looked at this verse, it touched me so much. He said, my soul tests for you. We have known that. He has told us that in Psalm 42. This is Psalm 63 now. The advancement in Psalm 63 is that my flesh, my flesh is longing for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Excuse me, please. What shall be the flesh of a man in a dry and thirsty land longing for? For water. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Yet my flesh is not even bothered about water. My flesh. Not my soul. There is a difference between my soul and my flesh. David thirst and hunger, passion for God went beyond the soul. To what? To the flesh. Longing and testing for God. That's a man that is spiritually awake. Yes. He needs water. But it is not compared to the need he has for God. So the, the need for God overshadowed the need for water. Yes, you need money. You need good grade. You need this, you need that. But the hunger, the desire, you, the passion you have for God and his kingdom advancement rules over every other thing. That's a man that is awake spiritually. In 1 Corinthians 15.34 Paul spoke to the Corinthians and says Awake unto righteousness and sin not. Awake unto righteousness and what? Sin not. He said for some of you don't even know God. I think you need to read that verse. There are some verses we quote, but there are some you need to read. Can we open to that verse? First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34. Let's read it together. If you are there, let's go. If you are not there, you can meet us as we are reading. Alright, let's, let's be uniform now. One, two, go. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. A sign that you are spiritually awake is that, you know, you are not committing sin. Those that are not spiritually awake they sin, confess, and sin again. 
confess again, and sin again. When you wake up to righteousness, you become alert. A brother sent me a text. He was apologizing for what he did wrong. He said, I'm sorry, forgive me, and all of that. Actually, what he did is, is something that could be avoided. He shouldn't have done that. And I replied, I said, forgiveness guaranteed, secured. There's no problem. I wish next time you'll be careful not to do this kind of thing than to do and ask for forgiveness. When you are not careful, when you are not alert, when you are not doing things that will keep you righteous, when you are not avoiding things that will lead you to sin, you are not awake. You are asleep. When you wake up to righteousness, you sin not. This idea of, oh, we are like fish in the water. And as fish in the water cannot deny water, we cannot deny sin. After all, nobody is perfect. And even the Bible said, if we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. You know those scriptures you normally quote? And after you tell brethren, please, can we confess our sins? We have sinned. You know you have sinned. I have sinned. So confession time, please. Face your sin as I face my sin. This is a fellowship meeting. So we come to relax in the culture of sin and confess. You are actually asleep. If you read down that Romans chapter 13, down, you see where he's saying, from verse, we have, I've quoted verse 11, but you see where he's saying, let us that are of the day cast off the works of darkness. The day has broken. Not in envy, not in rioting. See, Romans chapter 6 verse 11 showed us what the life of a Christian should be. It's a verse I wouldn't like you to forget in a haste. Can you read Romans 6 verse 11? Romans 6 verse 11. Are you there? Let's go together. One to go. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the normal Christian. The normal Christian, when it comes to sin, he is dead. A dead man does not respond to the environment. When it comes to watching of pornography, excuse me, a dead man does not watch pornography. A dead man does not commit masturbation. A dead man does not lust. He doesn't lust. A dead man does not quarrel. A Christian is reckoned, considered as one that is dead, not anyhow, not in West. Indeed, in practice, when it comes to sin, you are sleeping dead. But he said, alive unto God. Somebody come and slap you and say, get away from here, you are a nonsense person. Dead. Now it is time for us to pray. You become like the lion of the tribe of Judah. Alive. 
You are alive to worship. You are alive to prayer. You are alive to the meditation of the word of God. That's where you are awakened. That's where you are alive. There are some of you, the moment we say, mind you, Chelsea, March, 4 p.m. tomorrow. What happened to them? They are alive. Alive unto mind you. And if you put, don't make mistake and put fellowship by that time. If you put fellowship by that time, let me tell you what will happen. If the person is not an ESCO, you know ESCO, you will not see him. If he is an ESCO, he will carry his empty body carcass and come there and sit there while his mind will be where? Yes. Because he will tell himself, I can an ESCO miss fellowship. So let me just carry my carcass there. And you know this kind of thing, as the match is going on, you hear, Go! What happened? You see the person, he stand up and put his hand in the pocket and walk as if he's in the spirit. He's not in any spirit. He's already dead. In fact, he, he doesn't know whether it was his um, fan that was scored. Alive! Unto something else. There are some of our sisters, you are just alive unto fashion. Eh? You are just, when it comes to hairstyle, I see you touching Sister Mary's hair. Where did you plate this hair? Well, this hair is very good. Though. Say, ah. In uh, Mamei Jima's, um, which Mamei Jima, there are two of them that I used to know that plate hair. Is get trying to get the address because she's going there tomorrow. You spend time to decorate the, 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 the body, but the soul is not after God. Your passion, your hunger, you are not alive. You are not fully awake when it comes to God. No. That's why you know you need awakening. Is it not the same Romans chapter 6 verse 1 that said Shall we continue in sin, children of God, that grace will abound? What is the answer? The answer is not no. There's a difference between no and God forbid. God forbid has gone beyond no. There are three levels of such answer. There is no. There is never. And there is God forbid. God forbid is the highest level. Because it's like an abomination. God forbid bad thing. It will not happen. That you say you are a child of God and you are still continuing in sin. <laughs> Please don't quote for me David or Moses or all of that. The Bible says looking unto who? Jesus. Who is what? The author and the finisher of our faith. That's our example. And in First Peter chapter 2 verse 21 he said that for here unto we are you called. That Christ suffered for us leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. And step number one he committed no sin. 
Not because he was God. Because Hebrews 4.15 told us that he was tempted at all points. In the same way that we are being tempted. Yet without sin. And I tell you who Satan is. He doesn't have business tempting him if he is infallible. It's because he can, he can fall. He could have fallen. That's why he kept, even while he was hanging on the cross, he was still tempting him. At the very point of death. To know whether you will miss it. But Jesus overcame. You shall overcome in the name of Jesus Christ. So if you don't want to know whether you are spiritually awake, check your attitude towards sin. There are some of you that, you know, even when you, you tell lies and they alert you that you have told lie. Say, ah, I beg God forgive me. But one should be free to say his mind. God forgive me anyway. Ha! As if you have forgotten that all liars. Eh? You are not awake anymore to the word of, to the reality, to the seriousness of the word of God. You know, I was in a taxi and a woman told lie and somebody confronted her. Why did you tell lie with your phone? She said, my phone is lying. It's not me that is lying. This phone and God will settle. I have to put him out. I say, woman, is it, is it not you? She said, no. It's my phone. All I know is that my phone lies. Another person said, I don't really tell lies all the time. It's just some time when you notice that some things are somehow, and if you say the truth, you will enter into, enter into trouble. You just have to lie and escape and then ask for forgiveness later. Eh? Lie, escape, and do what? Ask for forgiveness later. And I say to him, there's no human being that lies all the time. Liars are differentiated by the frequency of their lying. That's how we have daily liars, weekly liars, monthly liars, annual liars. But Revelation 21 verse 8 summarized all of them. He said, if you read that, that verse is very spe- spectacular. He was mentioning other sins, fornication, uh, adultery, all of that. When he come to lying, he said all, he added all to, you know, incorporate daily liars, hourly liars, you know, Minutely liars. All liars. Some are no longer awake. They are born again, oh, but they are no longer awake to the seriousness of the word of God. They now believe that is it not Bible? Did he really mean it like that? Ah, I beg. One should be able to express himself. No. What is happening to that person is that he's dead. He's asleep. That's the same thing with unbelievers. You know, some years ago when I was on campus as a student like us, or some of us, there was one of the brothers that was attending fellowship and he was in the, is it publicity? I think publicity or this people that the correct, uh, yeah. And one of the holidays, we came back. We lived in the same hostel. So, after fellowship, we are going back. 
He's a year ahead of me. He said to me, do you know what happened? I, am just, bo- I just got born again during this um, um, break we had. I was shocked. I was shocked. Because I know him as somebody who is born again. He said, forget about that. I just joined the fellowship to, for some uh, personal interest I have. It was just during this break that I was listening to a man of God and the word just touched my life and I gave my life to Christ. And I now say, okay, what is the difference between you now and before born again? He said, before then I can lie anyhow, I can commit any sin, but now I'm very conscious. I'm awake. I'm awake. I don't, I make, do you know that Jesus said, if it is your hand that will cause you to sin, you should do what? Oh, many of you are careless. Very careless. You know that a particular closeness is developing between you and a brother or between you and a sister and you allowed it to continue to develop until one day you will fall into sin. And then you come back and say, God, I'm sorry. And then you see, hear some sisters during counseling, they will say, eh, that's... I was surprised that the man, the man was the man of God. And he, he was touching me. So what I did, I was like, I, I, let me know what he will do. <laughs> so when he was bringing out his hand, I was like, hey, man of God, let me, let me even know whether he meant it. Ah. Is that one a sister? I want to know what he will do, whether he, will, he meant what he has been saying. Because I respect him as the man of God. He was he's a, a, a president of the fellowship and all of that. I, I, I was like, let me be sure that what I'm seeing. If you see the way they are talking, is a lie. You are actually his colleague in the club of sin. You are not awake. If you are awake and you got a strange text message or WhatsApp, Facebook chat. Do you know the one we call strange? Eh? Oh, my sister. As I watched you lead in praises today, I was taken into the realm of the spirit. And in the realm of the spirit, I heard the Lord spoke to me and said, she is your beloved. I just want to tell you that I love you. We see tomorrow in the prayer meeting. What is the name of this kind of text message? Or you see a strange proposal. What we know as proposal is, I want to marry you. I have prayed and I'm convinced. Go and pray. The strange one is, uh, I don't know, can we be friends? Uh, Not, I don't have anything in mind. In fact, we will make a covenant, no sex. Just, just friends. Somebody I can be talking to. Eh. So you can't talk to any, you know, sometimes when I hear some brothers say they are lonely, uh, they are feeling lonely, they need somebody to, I say, when we have brothers, okay, be calling me. It's not, you are following your flesh. You're, see, let me tell you, that's what we call passion for God. And you cannot have two passions at the same time. It's not possible. Human beings are not created to have more than one passion at a time. 
If you are passionate for money, that becomes your God. Passionate for traveling abroad. You know the way things are in Nigeria now. One of our brothers that traveled recently came back from a, one of, when he was processing his use and all of that. Came back and told me, if you see how people are fighting in the airport now. I mean, is in, where they are getting Embassy, yes. Fighting, fighting and pushing, you know. Youths! What do they want to do? Ah, this country. <laughs> it's not by going abroad, though. It's about whether he wants you to go abroad. You can't have two passions. Once you are overwhelmed or conquered by passion for something, oh God, you, you are not passionate for God anymore. He must be the central focus. I remember one of my classmates, he would have come out with first class. He, he actually had first class in year one. And he had everything it takes to have first class. He's a believer. But first class was his idol. So, by the time God humbled him again and again, we are discussing, he told me that he has seen his mistake. That he actually took this as an idol. And that's why he has to, God has to, because whatever he wants to have first class for. A spiritually awakened person is awake unto righteousness. Anything that you know, you see, any kind of move, if you are awake, you say, no! Brother, don't talk to me, don't talk to me like that. You are my friend, old lady. Oh, everybody in this fellowship is my friend. Which one is be your friend again? I'm, I'm not your enemy before. You have to correct it immediately. You don't need to wait and say, hey, let I will talk. No, 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 no. You are asleep. Once you leave it, that's how sleeping people does. They don't take care of what is going on in their environment because they are not around. Before they wake up, the enemy has planted his stars and has stolen. The thief cometh to steal, to kill, to destroy. That's how believers have been manipulated here and there. You see yourself, you will, a brother came to me and said, I can't understand how this dream came about. I prayed, I did this and all of that. But I ended up having sex in the dream. He said, the man said, look at the woman, go and have sex. And I went, I, I went and have sex. And I woke up, open my eyes. You are sleeping. Before you have sex in the dream, you have had sex with your eyes on the, on the phone. Eh? I used to tell brothers, if the first look you look is a mistake, don't look again. Brothers, are you listening? As you are passing on the road, you cannot close your eyes because you will fall down. And you know, you need to open your eyes so that you will see road. And then as you open your eyes to see road, you will notice, you know, half-naked and naked dressing these days are very common. Am I correct? You sight the lady with the first look is what? Eh, no. My eyes shall not behold evil. You remove your eyes. But don't look again. So we didn't go to the sense of, you know, shaking and say, ah, what, what kind of thing are they showing on the phone these days? They go to, this person is as naked. Hi! These people, well, I'm dead to sin anyway, but uh, I don't understand why they are showing this kind of thing. I know I'm dead. 
You know, but these days are terrible days. Eh? Oh. That's when you are committing fornication. Then, you know, as you finish the fornication, when you now sleep, you will now accomplish the thing. And you always know the result on your boxers. Awake unto righteousness and sin not. It's so serious. Can you imagine Jesus? Not a parable. It's not a parable. Anytime Jesus wants to give a parable, the Bible always makes it clear. And he told them a parable. This one is not a parable. He said, if it is your hand or your eye, cut it off. And it's not even your hand. It is a man. Anytime you finish the call with a man, your spirit is damned. You notice that something has gone away. Life is lost. And you are still saying, well, I don't know whether you want to propose, but let me be following him small, small. I know where he's going. One day he will open mouth. So marriage is more important to you than your spiritual. Awake! Unto righteousness. And sin not. It is better not to sin than to sin and confess. Talk to your neighbor. Help me talk. The realm of sin not is the realm of those that are spiritually awake. That's the realm. Dead to sin, indeed, and alive to God. And then Paul was writing in Galatians chapter 6 verse 14, he said, Far be it from me that I will boast, except in the cross. For because of that cross, my interest in all the attractive things of this world is dead. And the world is dead to me. I used to advise believers, leave unbelievers and their ways alone. We have our own. You are born again. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And then somebody that is not born again, that has an evil spirit in him. Because there are, we don't have three spirits. God created only two things. If you are not a man, you must be a woman. If a woman gave birth and they say, what did you give birth to? A boy? No. A girl? No. Uh-uh. If it is not the Holy Spirit that is in a man, the spirit that is there is what? Evil spirit. Make no mistake about it. It's you that doesn't know. Somebody that has evil spirit will get an inspiration from an evil spirit, compose a song, or act a drama, or what you call a film, and shoot. And then you that have Holy Spirit, who is to teach you all things, will abandon your classroom with him, and enter a strange classroom. And you are watching unbelievers toasting girls. That's what they are teaching you in their worldly film. Awake. Have you ever watched a worldly film acted by unbelievers and they are teaching you how to have 
quiet time in the morning. Eh? How to be consistent in prayers. Is there ways they are showing? And you say, I like it. Leave the world alone. Paul said, by the cross, I am dead. I am dead to the world. And even the world is dead to me. That's another way to shake. If the world, unbelievers are saying, uh, I don't like something some believer, uh, believers are doing, but I like your own Christianity. Your own is not all that too much uh, street. Some years ago, I wanted to preach the gospel to... In fact, I preached the gospel to one of my colleagues working in the same office. A lady. And after preaching to her, I asked her, give your life to Jesus. She said, it's not as if I don't want to be born again, but um, I don't want all this too much born against something. I want something that is a bit moderate. You know? Moderated born again. Not too straight, you know? I said, this lady is vocal. Many have the same thing in their mind, but they don't talk it out. But she's vocal enough to tell me what she wants. Awake unto righteousness and sin not. When you are spiritually asleep, you don't care anymore whether you are bearing fruit or not. Jesus said to the disciples in John 15, 16, He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I chose you for not for nothing. I chose you that you should go and bring forth fruit that will last. Excuse me, not a mango fruit. Not an orange. Not an apple. Souls of men that will be one and be discipled for the kingdom. That's why I chose you. Go ye into all the world and make them to be my what? My disciples. So when I will come back, I'll be looking for disciples. Not leaves. He approached a fig tree that was full of leaves one morning. The Bible said he was hungry and wanted to eat. And shake the fig leaves and he didn't, fig tree didn't see any single fruit. But the Bible said the fig tree was full of leaves. And he cost it. And I said leaves are Christian activities and programs. Fruit is, this is September. Am I correct? From January to September, how many people have entered into the kingdom by you? What's their number? The number of souls that you have won. The number of disciples that you have made. I know that you are a singer. I know that you are a, a, a preacher. You do this, you do that. These are leaves. Activities. Where are the fruits? The man is looking for fruit. And so, you see several of us, as we are now, we are talking about this year, but if we are to go back last year, last two years, you cannot point, I asked somebody last question one day, he said, eh, do you mean preaching? I've been preaching, you know. Sometimes I preach in the bus, I, I say, I'm not talking about preaching. Preaching is leaf. I'm talking about how many people can you, you know them, you know their names. You are following them up. When people are, are, are spiritually asleep, they don't care anymore. 
All they are caring for is what God will do for me. Breakthrough night. Miracle night. Night of blessings. Uh, night of um, overtaking. There's even one we saw some, time, some years ago. Uh, it said, Tim, I must marry by fire this year. I think they are gathering uh, uh, single ladies. So for one kind of marriage something or prayer something. I must what? Marry by what? By fire. This year. And when you marry by fire, how will the marriage go? It will soon scatter by fire. People are looking for something from God. Oh God, bless me. And that's when people are awake. Anytime you raise a prayer point and say, everybody that is fighting against me, that want to stop me or hinder me or anything hindering my progress, ah, you will see people, they will rise up. They say, what? You know, die. They must go. Anybody that want to stop me this year, I was somewhere and they were praying that kind of prayer. That one early morning, it was a church and I learned a new version of the prayer. I only know two before. The first one is, die by fire. Then I got to know about die and dry up. The theory of the uh, die and dry up is that some died before, but they did not dry up. So they come up and they are disturbing again. So this time around, when you kill, you dry. But the third version was where they said, anybody that is stopping to be, appear. Appear. Let me ask you, do people sleep at that kind of time? Even if they are sleeping during message. When they say people like prayer, it's not because they like praying for revival or for Nigeria or for here. They like prayer when it is about what? What they will get. What they will get from God. Once they prophesy to you and say, loudest amen, you are lick tonton so that your amen will be loudest. Say, the loudest amen will get it. Awake. Unto fruitfulness. Awake unto bearing fruit, winning souls. I was talking to FRQNN some time ago. I said, I don't know whether your fellowship has become OFAC instead of EFAC. Do you know the one they call OFAC? Ordinary fellowship in the Anglican community. Where is the evangelical? Where is the source? You are 20 last year. This year you are 19. Next year you become 22. The following year you are 15. Where is the fruit? If these 20 persons are bringing to Christ one soul per semester, what do you think will happen in one year? Is it not 60? One soul per, I didn't say one soul per month. We are sleeping when it comes to fruitfulness. The church, not just EFAC, the entire body of Christ are deeply what? Asleep. 
where they are going for is where they will prophesy to them and where they are going to, you know, prophesying is not bad, but looking for always, you know, a lady. I visited her and her sister, you know, and when I finished encouraging them, talking to them, I now asked them to write down the prayer points they would like me to pray for them. So they finished writing. I now ask them now to also write what they will do for God. Because we always like God to do what? Give me a good husband. Uh, help my father and my mother. This one, that one. You don't know that God has a need. Somebody shedded his blood and the people he died for are wasting, dying in sin and perishing. And he needed you. He's trusting you to go and reach out to them. And you are doing nothing. No effort. That is spiritual asleep. You must wake up today in the name of Jesus Christ. We are going to, you know, we are still going to look at the secret. But I feel that somebody should pray at this point. Before we start looking at how to sustain their awakening. I feel that we can break here and just have a little prayer and say to God, now I know that I am not awake. Please awaken me. Can you say that prayer? Maybe you should rise on your feet just for one one or two or three minutes. Pray and say, God, awake me to God consciousness. Awake me to righteousness. Let my spirit man awake. Let my heart pant after you and you alone. Awake me to righteousness so that I will sin not. Awake me unto the cross so that my, my boast will not be about this world. My boast will be about the cross, my interest in this world. Let God be the only passion of my heart. I'm not seeing people that are seriously praying. You shall seek me and find me only when you have sought for me with all your heart. Can you in a few minutes cry out and say, God, I need to be awake. Awake me unto longing after you, panting after you and you alone. Longing after you, awake me unto righteousness that I will sin not. Awake me unto fruitfulness that I will bear fruit. Awake, awake my heart. Awake, let every other person go down. Let it pass on for God, arise! 
Let my heart be for you and for you alone. I wear my heart on those strange places. And I will be longing for righteousness. I'll be longing for fruitfulness. I'll be longing for your glory. Of a sustained awakened heart. How do we ensure that we remain awakened always? 
have a good number of them, but the time I have will not permit me to share every, all of them. So let me just see how far we can go before our time is up. Please turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah is one of the prophets we know that prophesied about Jesus much more than every other prophet. And sometimes when he is speaking using a personal pronoun, you will think it is him. David also does the same thing as a prophet. But later we begin to see that it was actually Jesus that was talking through their mouth. So this is one of the verses that, you know, we saw that compatibility between Isaiah's life and the life of Christ. If you are there, let's read together. I want to go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakened morning by morning, he wakened my ear to hear as the learned. Secret number one, daily awakening by the Lord himself. Daily awakening. If you are holding King James Bible, you will discover that punctuation marks carry revelation in King James. Punctuation. You will get revelation with comma. I think I will show you two today. In this place, you see where he said, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. King Jemites, what is the old King Jemites? I don't know about new King James. What is the punctuation mark that is there? Colon means let me explain how this thing is happening. How? And he said, he wakened morning by morning. That is, if you read it with NIV, he said, he wakened me morning by morning. He wakened my ear to hear as the learned. Please, I want to say quickly that this wakening up by the Lord is not the physical wakening up from sleep. Why will the Lord come to wake you up physical when an alarm clock can do that? Or even a phone? When a friend by the side, you can ask him, please wake me up if you are awake by 12. It is not the physical waking up. The Lord God wakens my spirit man up every morning. Morning by morning. In Leviticus, please check Leviticus chapter 6 verse 13 or 12 and 13. He was addressing the law of burnt offering from verse 8. And then verse 12 he began to say, And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. 
It shall not be put out. Did you see Colum again? In Jemat, are you where I am? Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12. Are you there now? Good. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. What is the punctuation mark? Let me explain how it happens. It is not the angel that sustains it. What? Who sustains the fire? And the priest, for the fire to keep burning, shall burn wood on it every afternoon, every evening. For those of you that are asking the question, uh, must I do my quiet time in the morning? Can't I do it when I come back from lecture? Please, the priest shall burn wood on that altar every what? That's how the fire will continue. And it shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offering. And verse 13 says, I want to repeat what I have said before. For those that are not hearing once, the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. Everybody echo it now. It shall never go out. Never means forever. The problem we used to have is that after this great awakening conference, before one month, two months, three months, somebody is already needing awakening again. He has gone to sleep. But there is a way that each individual must ensure that this awakening is sustained in your own life. There must be a daily awakening. The story of Jesus is always a personal challenge to me. And one of them is in Mark 1.35. But the background of it started from verse 32. Mark 1.35. Now, but if you read the background from verse 32, he said, And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. So, this is a very heavy evening crusade. All the city, and I don't think the Bible is exaggerating. All the city gathered. All of them, great and small, Youth, teenagers, children. Powerful crusade. In the house. He healed. He preached the word. He cast demons out. In the evening. And maybe some would have come for personal counseling. And he would have counseled and prayed for them. Who knows when he went to bed. But look at the next verse. Let's read it together. I want to go. And in the morning. Rising up a great while. Before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. And what happened? And there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, While I was praying this morning, the Lord spoke to me that the ministry today is no longer there. 
Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. For that is why I came. In the morning, rising up a great while before the day. We have, morning is divided into two. There is morning before the day and there is morning after day. Do you understand what I'm saying? Morning begins from 12 a.m. and ends by 11.59 a.m. a.m. Because by 12 p.m. afternoon begins. Are you following me? Now, but the kind of morning that Jesus rose up and went out to a lonely place is the morning that happens before the day. Before 6 a.m., before the daybreak. He didn't give excuse of how hectic yesterday was. He didn't give excuse of how tired his body was. Because he knew that the Lord God is ready this morning for his morning lectures. Eh? He wakened my ear to hear as they learned. So every morning, the lecturer is around waiting for you to wake up. Jesus said, I won't miss my morning lectures. I want to hear what the Lord has to tell me for today. Because every day is unique. I don't know whether you know it. Every day is unique. In Matthew 6, 34, it says, sufficient unto the day is the evil. The devil has packaged in it. If he has chance, he will put more, more evil than the day we contain. He knew that his spirit need to wake up. There are two kinds of waking up every morning. The one you wake up from sleep. Maybe somebody entered the room, you wake up. That's the physical waking. There's another one that many of us doesn't do. And that is why your spiritual life keep going up and down. You are not steady at it. It is morning by morning. He wakened me. Now, everything God does to man or does on earth is a, happens by cooperation of the man and, the, and God. God cannot wake you unless you are ready to wake. Unless you are ready to do your own part. There is always the part that God does. And there is always a part that you must do. When I preach in a crusade like this, and people answer altar call, after praying for the sinners and all of that, I used to advise them that God has finished his own part. It's not God that will go to your same partner or gay friend and warn her, see, Emeka is born again now. If I see your leg or call, I will finish you. God doesn't do that. Who is supposed to do that? You must cooperate. How do we cooperate with God for the awakening of our spirit? How do we do that? The Bible said, he went to a lonely place. And there, he did what? He prayed. Personally, anytime I sleep and wake up in the morning, I don't do any other thing apart from praying in tongues for one hour. First. 
the Holy Ghost taught me that when you pray in tongues for one hour, your spirit man will wake up. Your spiritual ear will open to hear, to see revelation. Your spiritual eyes will open. So, it's a law. Every morning. And if I have something to do, like preaching or ministry, I know I must go beyond one hour. Before I will now sit down to hear him speak. The spirit must be awake. So that, say, he wakened my ear to hear. Excuse me, how many of you are hearing me now? Eh? You are hearing me? Do you think that your ear needs special awakening to hear somebody talk? But if your spiritual ear will hear God for today, what God wants today, you know what Jesus is looking for? He wants to know the will of God for the day. When he was teaching the disciples a prayer or prayer pattern, you remember there is a particular prayer point there that showed us that this is the prayer for the, for the day. That you must pray in the morning. Do you remember that prayer point? Say it. Give us this day. Our what? So if you want to eat this morning, your daily bread, don't pray that prayer in the evening. Are you getting what I'm saying? You need to pray for the day, before the day. You don't prepare for exam on the exam date. Neither do you prepare for your wedding on the wedding day. You don't wake up and the day has broken up. And yet, no preparation of your spirit man to face the day. That's how we fare. You are just asleep throughout the day. You tell lies anyhow. Somebody will do some small thing that should have endured. You get angry. You quarrel. You ask yourself, but as a Christian, I'm not, I'm not supposed to do this. Why am I still doing this? Jesus said to Peter, James and John, watch and pray. You remember the hymn we sang? Watch and pray. The flesh indeed is what? Is will. No. The spirit indeed is willing. The spirit is willing to say the truth. Is willing to do what is right. But the flesh is what? Is weak. And let me tell you, the flesh will never be strong. The flesh will ever remain what? Weak. What prayer and watching and praying we do is actually to move the spirit from willingness to strength. So that with the strength of the spirit, you will move the flesh to do what the flesh should do. And not what the flesh wants to do. Are you getting me at all? I want to repeat because it's important to get it where. Pray! Not because the prayer will make the flesh weak. In fact, before the prayer starts, the flesh is already complaining. The flesh is only saying, I want to sleep. I'm weak. It can never be strong. When it comes to spiritual matters, when it comes to reading Bible, anything of God, the flesh, weak. Adam cost it. We inherited. The salvation that Jesus brought to us is so that by the reason of the spirit, man strengthened. 
the flesh will now move to do the will of God. Look at what he answered Peter when Peter came and said, all men are looking for you in that city. For what? For the ministry last night to continue. Morning version. Season 2. <laughs> and Jesus said, sorry. The Lord God, when I was doing my own part of the daily awakening this morning, I was praying. I was praying. The Bible said he prayed with loud cries and tears unto him that is able to save him, not from physical death, but from spiritual death. Because the moment you disobey, Adam just disobeyed once. What happened to him? It was not physical death that he was afraid of. The people that came to arrest him, he confronted them and said, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Let these people go. Somebody talking like that, is he afraid of death? He knew that they would kill him. He prayed! Not the kind of prayer we are praying these days. The Bible says he prayed with strong crying and tears. Where is your tear? Why is he crying that morning? You know why he left the house? Because he doesn't want to disturb the people that are sleeping. Are you getting what I'm talking about? He doesn't want to be distracted and he doesn't want to distract anybody. So he quietly left. He left and none of them knew where he has gone to. They woke up with a knock from the people. Peter looked at John and said, John, where is the man that you are lying on? Your head is on his heart when we slept. John said, the only thing I can remember is that when I was lying down, my head is on his heart. How the man quietly removed my, my head to the ground is what I don't know. As I was praying this morning, my ear opened and I heard his voice saying to me, the ministry for today is no longer in that place. So it's not even a matter of committing fornication now or lusting. It's a matter of what you are doing. Is it what he wants you to do now? He wants you to read your book now, but you are praying. Because something is telling you that reading book is kana. It is devil that sent you to school. You can never be truly spiritual until you are spiritually awakened. And that must happen every day. There is something God has to say to us, every one of us, every morning. Help me tell your neighbor, don't miss your morning lecture from the Holy Ghost. If you do this, I tell you, you will notice that from Morning till evening, you are awake. From Monday to Sunday, you are awake. Spiritually now. You see him telling you what you are supposed to do. For souls to be one. Telling you how you are going to go about it. As you are praying. That's why I believe that every, every believer should be filled with the Holy Ghost. But that should be the normal life. Should be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes. If you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, you have to seek for it. Thank God for the power night. I saw power night in the program. I believe that even if you are not speaking in tongues by the Holy Ghost, not the one that the last preacher uh, talked about. Say rabba, rabba. Say robo, robo. Combine it. Rabba, robo. Uh -uh. Not that one. 
the one that came come from the Holy Spirit. The true one. So that when you wake up, you know, a, a, a sister who is a disciple will try to minister Holy Ghost baptism to her. I don't, I think the, the vessel is always the problem, not the Holy Ghost. So, for a long time, she didn't get it. She kept on disturbing us. Please, now I want to speak in tongues. I want to speak in tongues. So, finally, one day like that, you know, we faced the matter and she got it. After some days, she came back and was telling me, I don't even know what is happening to me. This one, that one. And I asked him, the tool that God gave you speaking in tongues, how are you using it? She said, he's not speaking in any tongue. I said, but you have gotten it. If you read 1 Corinthians 14, you see the advantages. He said, he that speaketh in, speak in tongues, speaketh mysteries to God. Even though no man understandeth him. He said, he that speaketh in tongues, edifies himself, builds up himself. And Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. I will speak in tongues, I will pray in tongues, I will speak in a known language. So that's the way. Each morning, morning by morning. Please tell your neighbor, this thing is morning by morning. No. There are things we do every morning, normally, for the physical body. I was talking to somebody said, see, don't ever think you will be tired of praying or... To say I'm tired of praying is to say that I'm tired of breathing. Breathing. Can you say you're tired of breathing? Or maybe you say, I'm tired of eating food. Have you ever had some, you see somebody say, I'm tired of eating food? My grandmother became old before she died. Ninety something. But at that age, if she doesn't have teeth again, but don't bring food without meat, she will deal with you. So each time she's quarreling people for her food, I'll be wondering, so this woman that has been eating since, you know, has not become tired of eating. She doesn't eat the meat. She will just use it and be touching her no teeth mouth. If you are not tired of eating food, washing the body, painting, for those of you that are still interested, I'm looking for painters. I didn't see much here today. Eh? You know, if you are not tired of all of these things for the body, that we end up in termite stomach. You know termite. Anytime they put somebody in mortuary, termites are doing NSAS protests. I say, bring this food fresh. Why keep it in the mortuary? That's the destination of human body. But your soul, your real person, you can't do anything about it. You are pursuing one thing or the other. No! It's a law. It's a law. The priests are born wood on it. When? Every morning. So that the fire will not go out. Are you listening to the word of God? Get this. It will take you through, throughout your life journey. There are times God decides to visit his people. That is the, the visitation this morning. If you can, that's why it's called secrets. Wake up! When I, when I win a soul, a new convert, I tell him, Baptizing in the Holy Ghost, I tell him one hour non-stop. That's not like a, he's still a new convert. Let's let him do the much he can do. Fifteen minutes uh, from that to thirty minutes. I don't do that. Soldiers are not pampered. If you are to enter 
NDA Kaduna. Eh? The moment you land at the gate, are you listening to me? They will, the people that brought you, your relations will be looking at you at the gate. Every load you carry come, you will put it on your head and you will do frog jump from the gate to where they will receive you. The day one brother taught me frog, frog jump, eh? and I did it, my legs had problem for how many days? I didn't carry load on my head. Christian soldiers are lacking. Paul said to Timothy, endure hardness as a good soldier. That's why you can hardly see Christians that are ready to die for Jesus. There's a particular uh, WhatsApp short video that is going about. Did you see that? Eh? We had uh, two people came and was telling them, are you ready to die for Jesus? And all of that, deny Jesus. How many of you saw it? That's Christianity. Go to Islam. If there are 100 Muslims, 90-something will be ready to die. That's why Christianity is dying. Where are the disciples? I don't pamper anybody. You must pray in tongues for one hour. Every morning. Then, after that, you notice that both your spirit man and the physical is awakened. And then, as you enter into the world to meditate, revelation will start flowing like a river. May God help you to take up this. And then, let me round up with the second secret. My time is up. Uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Are you there? I indeed, John the Baptist was talking to the Jews. I baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, comma, are you seeing comma in King James Bible? And with what? Fire! There are three kinds of baptism, not two. Baptism with water, number one. Baptism with the Holy Ghost, number two. Baptism with fire, number three. This third one, the devil has deliberately made it unpopular. Because it is the one that both sustains a believer's spiritual life and spiritual work. Baptism with the Holy Ghost is not the same with baptism with fire. Read the book of Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Ghost came. The first thing that happened was that a tongue of fire was sitting on their head. The Bible says, the, the tongue starts. Start. The tongue was not in a head to go. It sat on their head. And the next verse, verse 4 now, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Jesus said in Luke 12, 49, he said, I came to this world for one purpose, to send fire on the earth. He said, I wish that is already kindled. That's before the Holy Ghost came. The reason why I came to this earth is to send fire. John the Baptist says, the only baptism I can do is water. When you come out, your body will become cold. But somebody is coming with fire. When he meets you, he will immerse you in fire. When people are on fire physically, eh, everybody around them knows. Am I saying the truth? Ah. Okay, not even when they are on fire. When somebody's house or property is burning, does the person keep quiet? Everybody must know. What is this fire? Not the physical fire. The spiritual fire that Jesus baptizes us with is the burning passion that leaves you restless until you have done what you are supposed to do. That was how the acts of the apostle came about. When they, you know, threaten them, beat them, stop them, they laugh and say, ah, we will obey God rather than. And when you beat them, the Bible says they will rejoice that they were accounted worthy to suffer shame for the name of the Lord. And the next verse we say, daily in the temple, in every house, they cease not to preach and to teach Jesus. What people have collected, maybe because of ignorance, is Holy Ghost baptism. So, once you see the person, he collects speaking in tongues. I want to be filled with Holy Ghost. All he's looking for is what? Speaking in tongues. At least, can they keep them? When they are speaking, I also speak. <laughs> what keeps a man on evangelism? What keeps a man looking for God, praying without encouragement? You know, a man on fire for God is a man that doesn't need encouragement to do the will of God. Not this kind who will say evangelism day is every mo- first Monday in a month. And when you come for first Monday, how many people will you see? If we are baptized with fire, the fire will keep burning until you move out. Jeremiah said, when I wanted to close my mouth, the fire was too much. I didn't even know when I opened it. In the bus, in your class, the reason why you have not been preaching is because maybe you have water baptism, the first type, and maybe you have the Holy Ghost one for speaking in Thomas' purpose. You need fire. Paul was stoned. He was stoned at Lystra. They checked him. They got, got, got a, a doctor. Please confirm him dead. He checked to say he's no longer breathing. He said, I'm And you know, they left. The Bible says when the disciples gathered, he woke up. The next day, he was in death preaching. A stoned man. You know, you know stone to kill a man. The following day, when you read his credentials, not the one that was abandoned on the road to Damascus, when light from heaven ended an ambition so that vision can start. 
If you read where he was saying, I was stoned how many times? I was this. You know what I'm, what I'm talking about? Second Corinthians 11. Unstoppable. You can't stop a man on fire. You can't block his road. If you lock the door, he will jump through the window. He is burning. And everybody around him will know that he's on fire. This is the lack among the people of God today. You encourage, 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 encourage. Nothing. You will do this, do that. Sometimes you will use force. Use this feeling. Because baptism with fire is lacking. This morning, we are going to cry out. And those of you who are ignorant of it, and you are knowing it now, the Lord will do it for you. So that you will be a man on fire for God. Burning for him. John the Baptist in John 5.35, Jesus said it was a burning and a shining light. If you don't burn before God, you can't shine before man. It's a law. And the extent of your burning before God is the extent of your shining among men. Stop looking for where to shine. Go and burn. He was on fire. And in six months, who in Jerusalem, in Israel, will deny that he doesn't know John in the wilderness. Soldiers blocked their barracks. Locked everywhere and they were in the wilderness. Task collectors closed government offices and they were in the wilderness. All men. When you say that John is not a prophet, they will stone you to death. They say you have committed blasphemy. A man that was on fire. Your school will know. Your classmates will know. Your hostess will know. How dare you keep quiet? You don't preach the gospel, you lack fire. You can't have fire and your classmates will not know. You can't have fire and your host teammates will not know. Oh, for a fire baptism. Oh, that you will be baptized with the fire that Jesus came with. The man himself was on fire. Every day, every time. There was no boss, there was nothing. He was moving Throughout the villages, cities, I must do the work of him that sent me while it is day. For night is coming. I must. I must. While I'm a student, I must. Listen, when I was a student like you on campus, God told me that you are responsible for these students. I don't have, who send the pastor to from town to go and pastor them? You are responsible for these ones. And I carried my Bible from room to room. From room to room. I don't close my mouth on the bus. Before my classmates, in fact, somebody met me and said, I know you. I said, where? Are you in my department? Say, no, I'm in the same faculty. Who doesn't know you in the faculty? You need fire. Do you think you need fire? Rise on your feet. Cry out. Say, God, Jesus, I heard that you baptize these people with fire. Baptize me with fire! Cry out! Shaka-ka-ka-ka-ka! Handa 
Kalebu sumo mahanda na basenebu Kariba kula na basenebu
was on the day of the Pentecost. All of me. As on the day of the Pentecost. I have fallen. On As on the day. receive it now. Now place those two hands on your head as I pray. Father, this morning thank you for your word. Thank you for coming to us. I pray for your people, my brothers and sisters, that you will baptize every man here. Not just with the Holy Ghost, but also with fire. That they will pour for you. Amen. And they will shine as lights among men. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your visitation. Thank you for everything. Can you begin to thank him now? Let's pray. Wave your hands. listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvarywayonline.org For testimonies, counseling and prayers, you can send an email to calvarywayrevivalabels at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999 You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels. <laughs>